The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Create a career and a life you love. Welcome to Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. And we are in for another wonderful episode of Bring Your Soul to Work. Here's the great news about that. When you bring your soul to work, you bring your soul everywhere. That's cool because don't you want to do that? One of the fun things we did in a team meeting earlier today with my team is we talked about what our soul came here to do. We talked about and took a look inside as to what the real commitment was when we chose to be alive here. And now if you're listening to me live, we are in an unprecedented time in human existence. We've never had the entire planet focused on the same problem. We have never had so much long, drawn-out activity that we have to stay mindful of in order to be safe in a long time. Um, Truthfully, the way we're connected now with technology, this has never happened on the planet Earth ever, where everyone has been connected together and focused on the same issue at once and it's doing uh, so many marvelous things for us as human beings and it is an epoch in human experience that we are currently living in and living through one of the things that i see all the time when i talk to women on our complimentary career clarity call is a problem that exists outside of them I'm going to talk about this problem today in really, really deep, deep detail because I understand it deeply personally and I also understand it deeply as a career coach and I also understand it deeply as someone who helps fix this problem. It's the repeating boss problem. And if you have had similar bosses but with different people's names, you know what I'm talking about you know that there are patterns that you see in your life and perhaps maybe one or two of them you have decided is something that you have to do something about. Well, this may fall into that category. But you see, when it shows up as a human being outside of you, it's really difficult to get at the problem. Really difficult. I've probably spoken to five to 6,000, mostly women, but I've spoken to some men about their careers as well. They've got the same problems. Five to 6,000 people. And one of the common traits among all of those five to 6,000 people is that in their career, they're hitting up against the same thing over and over again. Now, every now and then, it's the first time ever. 
great career, great bosses. Everything's been smoothie, feeling cool. All of a sudden I lost my job. We start peeling back the layers. There actually has been some things that have been repetitive, but they've been overlooked because either they didn't mount to much or she was too busy doing other stuff and it just, just didn't matter. But the repeating boss problem can really hurt you. And sometimes what happens is that in your career at some point, and usually it's a little bit earlier in your career, you have a great boss. You have a great boss who supports you and leads the way, communicates well, gives you uh, opportunity to shine in a variety of ways, and is just really a great person. And great people are great bosses. People with a whole lot of flaws and problems and cracks in their human beingness tend to kind of not be great bosses. You see, as much as I want to help all of my clients bring your soul to work, what happens is that we always do bring our soul to work. And if our soul is not in great vibrational shape, uh, then when we bring our soul to work, we bring a dim, depleted version of who we are. And bosses are no different. When I was a boss, I brought my fractured, dim self to work sometimes. I often was um, more mindful and attempted on many days to bring the best version of myself to work. But, you know, uh, raising teenagers, um, going through cancer, uh, moving. I mean, there's life things that go on that impact how you're feeling about yourself and how you're feeling about life, and you bring that to work. I was talking to one of my uh, clients in the Kick-Ass Leadership Academy uh, yesterday, and she had a great relationship with her boss up until about six months ago. And in breaking that apart a little bit, peeling back the layers and also constructing some strategies for her about how to best handle that or how to best navigate it, she said to me, you know, I think he's probably had some personal problems that have uh, happened over the last six months or so, and I think that's what's affecting his performance as of late. I said, that's a really good empathetic insight because bosses are human beings as well. Bosses have responsibilities in organizations to do things, perform, be a certain way. And from time to time, they're not that great at managing their people, at managing their team. Perhaps their emotional state is a little frazzled. Perhaps they're not on top of their game and it affects the people downstream. If, however, you have a repeating boss pattern, you have to begin to check in with you. And any boss can be navigated from the most magnificent, don't take them too for granted, to the most horrible. Don't take them too for granted. Here's a few things to be uh, checking in on as far as bosses go. Number one, uh, bosses come and go. Number two, you come and go. Number three, 
if that boss is in a company and the company has continued to employ them, they're doing something right by the company. You just can't argue that point. But the thing is that we take them from the lens and the viewpoint of who we are seeing because that's how human beings do life. You can really only comment and, and aggregate the things that you're seeing. But here's a great perspective on that. What if you look at it a different way? What if you look at your boss problem especially if it's a repeating boss problem, in a different way. So this particular client, I suggested to her that this boss may indeed be having some personal problems. So how would you like to be treated if you had a personal problem? How would you like your team members to be with you? Well, now we've got some aha moments going. You see, there's a interesting dilemma here on a boss problem. You could do something about it in a variety of different ways. You could interpret it a variety of different ways. You could handle it a variety of different ways, and you could also see it as an opportunity for you. So let's tackle the first thing, and that is how you interpret it. Number one, do you tend to think of your boss as a person? I know. Weird, isn't it? Like they're supposed to be like some perfect uh, version of a human being? Are they supposed to never have a bad day, bad mood? Uh, maybe they've got teenagers at home. Maybe they've got a dog who's sick. Maybe they have a mother who's got a health condition that is draining them. If you don't know what's going on in their actual life, you may not have a sensitivity about the fact that they're a human being. And that would be the first thing that I would consider that you think about. And if you don't know your boss that well, there's a whole nother kettle of fish there, isn't there? Um, if you haven't gotten to a place with your boss where you feel uh, that you can meet up as a human being, um, there's something to be healed and taken care of there. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. So the first thing is to take a look at your boss as a human being and to understand him or her with an aspect of how you would treat other human beings. I know you're going to say, I've done that. I've tried. They don't want to talk. They don't want to meet. They don't open up, etc." Okay. I get that. We'll dive into that in a second as well. So when you take a look at who they are as a human and who they have been and how they are acting, now you have something to navigate. One of the things that's really important for you to do is to understand the meaning that you're attaching to this particular situation. Are you attaching a meaning that has something to do with you? Are you indeed being the one who is being a little self-oriented here? Well, if they're upset, that must mean I did something wrong. Well, if they're doing this, that must mean I didn't do something right. Why don't they recognize me? Why don't they give me the time of day? You could keep asking yourself those questions 
you could keep searching for meaning. At some point as a human being, you're going to want to land on something, so you do. You land on a meaning, you interpret it a certain way, and now you've got a commitment to that reality. Hmm. And now, not only do you have a commitment to that reality, now that reality dictates to you. I just don't have a good relationship with my boss. Okay. Relationships equal two people. What are you doing about it on your side? My boss just doesn't want to meet. My boss just doesn't have time for me. My boss is just too stressed out. Okay, what's your side of that equation? And what are you making that mean that has now created a wall between you and your boss? Look, I've navigated my career for 30 plus years with a lot of bad bosses. A lot of them. Matter of fact, I was just sharing with my clients uh, last night that I probably had one boss I thought was good. 30 years of bad bosses. Oh, my God. If you're listening to this and used to be one of my bosses, I hope you're the one that was the good one. <laughs> oh, I've had great colleagues, great team members, but I can be honest with you. You know, the bosses have been a challenge. On the second half of this uh, show today, I'm going to talk about some of that. So if you don't want to hear about my stories, you can just tune out after the first uh, ep section here and not get into the second half of the episode. Uh, but I'm going I'm to dive into that because I'm going to reveal some things about um, my experience and what I've learned in interpreting boss dynamics. And, you know, I'm not going to name names, but I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it in a real way. Because I know that thousands and thousands and thousands of people have the same problem. That's why I'm covering this topic today. Because human beings are, uh, you know, a little difficult sometimes. We human beings can be difficult. We can be short-tempered. We can be, you know, not just the best um, to each other. And at the end of the day, what is going on in our life, in our stress level, in our circle of influence, we internalize it. And those are the filters that we have in life. And right now, everyone's got a big filter that they're filtering everything through. Pandemic filter. And the pandemic, even though it might be horrible for many is just another piece of our human experience that is unfolding in a way that is showing us things and bringing us closer to who we are and what we really want in life. I don't know about you, but the last four to six weeks, actually it's closer to six, isn't it? It might even be getting into seven or eight weeks at this point, has shown me a lot of things about my life, my tastes, my likes, my priorities, and everyone is evaluating everything in their life. Because what's been going on now is that everything has been disrupted that we relied on. Every single 
piece of our life has been disrupted. And I know it's kind of funny at this point, but including, you know, the toilet paper. <laughs> I mean, when when your life gets disrupted down to the minutial level of toilet paper, you know you've got some things that are going on. A lot of us have been affected uh, economically, income, furloughs, businesses uh, that are having uh, challenges. If you're in the hospitality or travel industry, it's been super challenging. If you're in any of the um, service industry, massage therapists, nail salons, hairdressers, I mean, zero. Very difficult. There's new ways of interacting and developing uh, business and customers now that are going to be emerging very quickly. One of my fabulous clients uh, has taken a state initiative uh, for creating elementary education across the state, and it's available on the public radio station, uh, TV station in her state. And she's amazing. And she said before she started working with me, she's not sure if she would have been able to pull this off because her soul didn't have the power and the strength to believe in herself to this level of magnitude. And just bravo, because the soul is the strength within. She's got a great education herself. She's been working in her industry and education for a long time. She's smart. She cares about what she's doing and who she's being at work, but without the power of her soul being fully available to her. Feats like this don't get pulled off. And I know that the world needs better, stronger, more soulful leaders on this planet. So that's what I'm endeavoring to do to help more people find that level of power and bring it forward. It is your divinity. It is your divinity. And a repeating boss problem can question your divinity, can question your purpose in life, can question whether you'll ever find yourself in a satisfied level or not. If you're listening to me for the first time, welcome, and I am career coach Mo Fall. You can find out more about me at mofall.com, and um, there's a lot of stuff on my website to dive into. There's a free masterclass, a webinar, if you will. I think everyone's familiar with that term now, um, now that everyone's living on webinars and virtual meetings. You can access my free training at mofall.com slash masterclass. And in that free training, I go through the five shifts of bringing your soul to work and bringing your soul back. And the things that cause you to lose yourself. So you might find yourself in some of the stories and some of the ways I talk about work and what work tends to do to take people off kilter and off their beautiful soulful self. So take a look at that masterclass. If it resonates with you and if you are ready to take action to change things in your career and to move yourself into more of a soulful, steady, powerful state, uh, you're going to want to book a complimentary career clarity call with us. 
on that call, I sort of talk about it as a career MRI. We're going to do a scan with you on what's working, what's not working, and where you want to go. Hey, the great thing about what we do on those uh, career clarity calls that's different than an MRI, usually when you finish an MRI, they don't say, so uh, we just MRI'd your knee. Do you want to run in the future? Do you want to uh, go hike mountains? What do you want to do for your future? Because if there's something wrong on this MRI, that's going to have to get fixed if you want to do something more. And even if you have surgery, I mean, it's not that often that a doctor will say to you, hey, do you want to be a, have a super active lifestyle and run marathons and, and do stuff? Or do you want to have, you know, just an easy life of walking or playing with grandkids? Are you going to use this knee to, to, to squat and go up and down? Do you have steps in your house? How much, how much of this knee are you going to need to get back into functionality? Because that would be determining how aggressive we are at our surgery or perhaps aggressive on the rehab, et cetera. I mean, the great doctors will ask you those types of questions and they'll attend to your injuries in a manner that fixes you up for what your goals are. But sometimes it's just like, okay, we're going to fix it so it's not broken anymore. Okay, well, that doesn't work with a career because if we fix you to not broken, now what? So on a clarity call, on a career clarity call, we're going to help you sort all of that out. You don't have to have had a plan. We're going to help organize that with you on that call. And listen, if we can help you, we're going to talk about what that looks like. We're going to talk about what our workshop looks like. We're going to talk about how we get fantastic results, how we put uh, souls back into a shiny space, how we help our clients get smiles back on their faces, how we help our clients get better jobs, feel worthy of the next layer. If you've had a, a boss problem, even if it's the first time, it has whittled down your sense of self. That's how powerful bosses are. And the higher up you go, the more, the more you've got to be uh, independent of that. And here's the other thing. If you are a boss, Okay, let me speak to the bosses for a few minutes here. If you are a boss, you better do what you can to be the most awesome version of you because your people count on you. And you are affecting your people. You are bringing you into their energy and into their sense of self. There's hardly a human being on this planet, and if there is, I don't really know if I want to meet them, who isn't affected by their boss. Now, you could say you're going to shrug it off and whatever. I know my boss is you know, irritable, and that's just whatever. It's affecting you. It's affecting you. So it's got to be taken care of. Like if you had to carry around like a 20-pound weight because someone handed you this 20-pound weight and said, you know what, could you carry this around for the rest of your time that you're with this company? Like, you would get pretty irritated by it after, I don't know, five minutes. And having a boss that's a problem is equal to carrying around a 20-pound weight with you all the time. And you don't put it down when you go to bed, do you? 
No, you take that 20-pound weight to bed with you. That's no good. That's a little bit crowded. If you live by yourself, it's still crowded. If you have a partner that you sleep with at night, it's super problematic. You don't want your boss in bed with you. But I'm going to tell you this. If you've got a bad boss, that boss is in bed with you. And it's probably more than more of, more than 20 pounds of a weight. How's that working for your marriage? How's that working for your happiness? It sucks. So if you've got a bad boss, you've got to take care of it to the same level of urgency as if you've got to put down that 20-pound weight because you can't be carrying around that stuff. That's heavy. It's cumbersome. It gets in the way. So we're going to help you not only deal with the boss problem in our workshop, we're going to help you be at a place of soulful vibrational place that you're not going to attract and bring that into your life ever again. And if you have problems with people in your work and in your life, you're going to know exactly who to be and how to navigate that. Because all of it is able to be navigated. So if you want to book that complimentary career clarity call, uh, you will use this URL. It's mofall.com slash give me clarity. Clever, isn't it? mofall.com slash give me clarity. If you want to see my free webinar before that, fine. Well, I encourage you to do it that way. It's mofall.com slash masterclass. You can have both of those URLs written down and go check that out. Now is the time, like never before, to fix your career and your boss problem. Because what's happening is that we are going to be in the fastest recovery economically that humanity has ever witnessed. Just like we've just witnessed one of the fastest declines. It is going to bounce back with a power and you better be ready to move fast. I'm going to come back in the second half of this episode talking about my boss problems and how I took care of them and what they mean for you. We'll see you right after the break. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Love your work and your life. This is Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. And I would love to answer your questions or talk to you live right here on the second half of Bring Your Soul to Work here on Unity Radio. Again, you can call in to talk to me at 816-251-3555. And we're ready to rock and roll in this second half of the repeating boss problem. I talked in the first half of this radio show uh, a bit about 
the sensitivity that one might want to consider if they're having a boss problem because their boss is a human being and maybe there's some things there. Part of unpacking that for yourself is to realize and understand that you're part of the problem. And you're part of the problem on a psychic level, you're part of the problem on the soul and energetic level, you're part of the problem relationship-wise, you're part of the problem practically and strategically. And listen, here is the bottom line from your company's perspective. If you've got a problem with your boss, it's a problem for the company. It is normal for you to consider a boss problem to be your boss's problem because they're higher ranking than you. So you would expect them to fix it because in the hierarchical world of organizations, that's what we think. We think our bosses are there to solve our problems. And it's very easy for us to get a little passive about it and to blame and to be in a victim mode. And once we get there, all bets are off. You're not fixing a problem if you're in victim mode. Victims really don't fix problems because the psychology and the soul print of a victim is not one of an empowered individual. A victim is full of insecurity, unresolved guilt, shame, fear, despair, powerless. A victim is powerless. That is the energy of victimhood. So if you're saying they or he and she, if you are blaming outside of you for something that you are experiencing, you are in victim mode. Super easy to get there. Like super easy to be a victim. So easy you may not be recognizing it. It happens in an instant. We experience something and we look around to see who caused it. If you carry a mirror around with you, there'll be a lot faster of a resolution. If that mirror is hanging right off of your face and you keep looking at yourself and every time you come up with a challenge or a situation that doesn't feel good, you can look in the mirror. That's the person who has to solve the problem. Fix it. And you can fix it in a, in, a, in a few ways. Way number one, what it means and how you're interpreting it. So what do you put around that? It was done to me. It's unfair. I got hurt needlessly. Look at what I have to put up with. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. I said yesterday on my Facebook Live how um, for me to really resolve these problems in my career and to get at them once and for all, I had to have a diagnosis of cancer. I had to go through a double mastectomy and lymph nodes taken from me and eventually a full hysterectomy. That's what I needed. So I sort of laughed yesterday in my Facebook Live and said, you know, what I do in my workshop and how I help my ladies overcome their problems is certainly a lot less expensive than cancer, and it's a lot more fun than cancer.
And I mean that at a deep, deep level. When I went through cancer, I was able to finally see in a mirror what I was bringing to the table. And, you know, listen, I've been self-reflective and on a personal journey of discovery since I was in college. So I pretty much had those boxes checked. Mm-mm. No, I didn't, but I felt like I did. I intellectually did. I was reading all the books. I went to conferences. I had a coach. I did all those things. I didn't get into the real crevices of what was really going on because I was still blaming people outside of me for my situation and the condition and the this and the that. So easy to be a victim. So easy to get into powerlessness. So easy to blame others. So easy to be jealous of others that are getting something they don't deserve. Uh. So often we talk to women on our clarity calls uh, that they have been passed over for promotions and they're more educated, smarter, more experienced, and they get passed over. What the heck is that? Happened to me too, several times. Someone not even as smart, not even as good, hasn't even been here as long. What? I had a lovely conversation with a woman earlier this week. Third time she's been kicked in the gut, lost her job. This time, an interesting thing happened. She didn't just lose her job, which she did. She got demoted into a much lesser job. She's missing out on like 40 grand because of it. Uh, that's a sizable amount. That will change the household. And I don't know if it was something I said or whatever it was. She doesn't want to fix it. And I know why. Because she thinks fixing it means she's going to get kicked in the gut again. She's just going to settle into a lesser role. She's just going to, like, protect herself because it hurts to lose your job and it hurts to get demoted, but at least it's safe. That's like calling being kidnapped safe. It isn't safe. It's far from it. It's called being in a prison of powerlessness, being in a prison of despair, being in a prison of fear and insecurity and guilt and shame. And what did I do wrong that caused this? And I don't know about you, but like 40 grand less for the year is going to be felt. That's, that's like a, that's a, that's a, that's a big difference. Fix the problem. Fix it. So many people don't know that they can. You have a bad boss, you're passed over for promotion, or in this case, you have a demotion. You think there must be something wrong with me. And with all due respect, the only thing that's wrong with you is if you don't fix it. Because in life, we're going to be handed challenges. We're going to be handed problems. We're going to be handed situations that cause us to reach deep down and see what needs to be fixed and see what needs to be healed and see what needs to be brought to the surface 
so that we can energetically take care of it and let it go. You see, all of us are born into this beautiful existence with a little bit of baggage. And then what happens over our lifetime is we collect more baggage. And all of that baggage informs everything that we do and everything that we are in this beautiful existence. Here's what happened to me. I promised you this story, and here it is. I felt my entire career that no one got me. I felt my entire career that I basically worked harder than anyone else. I took on responsibilities. I did things to the top degree level. I was always outperforming, always outworking. And I felt that I wasn't being appreciated for all of that I brought to the table. I had a desire in my heart to always do better, always achieve something, always be seen as someone who was making a difference in the world. That's in my soul. It's in my heart. I always wanted to lift people up and, and make a difference in other people's lives. That's why I chose nursing as my initial career in my college study. I love helping people. I love it. Love, 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 love it. So as a young nurse, I loved helping people, giving them the right medications, telling the doctor about this is what's going on. The doctor says, okay, now do this, and you do it. The patient gets better. Something wonderful happens. Really fantastic. As a nurse, you often have the opportunity to see pretty instant results. Now, as a nurse, you also see pretty hard stuff. And I learned how to deal with that. I was working in a coronary care unit at University of Pittsburgh Hospital as a young nurse, 21-year-old, new grad, taking care of patients with heart attacks, heart surgery, needing heart and lung transplants, sick people. Sometimes they died. And it's in reconciling that, and it's in taking care of families and other loved ones when that happens, that also brings a lot of satisfaction. To feel that you're there for people when they're going through hard things is really a satisfying situation as a human being. So I loved all that, but you know, it wasn't quite enough. So I then took on uh, cardiac rehab as a career, started helping uh, patients who were recovering from heart problems and diseases and surgeries to learn how to eat better. I taught, uh, we, we used to call it stress management. It's now meditation. Uh, eating properly, exercising properly, et cetera, how to manage their medications, et cetera. Basically managing life now with this big problem. And as a young person, I was 23 years old doing this. I did a really great job and I wanted my bosses to recognize me. I wanted to move up. I wanted to be in a bigger center where we were handling more patients, more complexity, more interesting, wanting more. Wanting more is the energy of the soul. Our soul is built for expansion. And if we don't do more, or if we don't be more, our soul is going to be stifled. You know, like, would you consider not getting new clothes for your kid who is growing? 
Hey, mom, my shirts don't fit anymore. Yeah, we'll keep wearing the same shirt. No, you don't get it. They don't fit anymore. I mean, that's what a lot of people do in their lives with their soul. Their soul wants to grow and they don't do anything about it. And they means, is that you? Your soul is urging growth. Your soul wants growth. Your soul wants expansion and it wants to be seen and loved, which is also appreciation. It wants all of that. Every single human being on this planet has that in common. We just all go about it in very different ways. And if your soul is not getting the proper expansion, it's going to feel too tight. And if your soul has been injured, insulted, pushed down, not seen, you're going to retract in and contract yourself. So you are oftentimes the doer of your soul not expanding. It's what happens in this human experience. It's part of what it's all about. But you see, when you get into that cage tightly enough, you're going to want to emerge and come out. Now, this beautiful woman I was telling you about earlier, a few things are possible for her. Either she's going to get totally frustrated and break out and say, I need to do something different, but she's going to have to heal and she's going to have to find her power. Again, it took me breast cancer to get there because all of my career I struggled and thought what was wrong with me, that I wasn't getting the recognition. So what I actually did is I changed jobs in order to move up. So I would be at a job a year, two years, three years, and I would go get the next job so I could move up. What I really wanted to do was to stay with certain companies and, and grow within those companies. But when it didn't happen, I just went out to get a different job. And so my career progressed because I took it on my own responsibility to progress my career. And I did certain things in my career and took jobs that were scary, that were above me, that were things I hadn't done before. And I was following the urging of the expansion of my soul. So that was helping me be courageous and bold. And one of my biggest job growths was actually moving from Pittsburgh to North Carolina for a new vice president job. That was big to leave a city I had known and grown up in. Uh, I'd spent 12 years after college in Pittsburgh doing this, that, the other thing, growing my career, friends, network of things, runner, knew all the runners, knew all the trails at Shenley Park. Like I knew Pittsburgh inside and out and leaving it was something I felt I was called to do because I wanted expansion. So I got this great VP job. It was my first job in the six-figure earning level. And that day that I'm leaving and packing up the moving uh, truck, my father calls me and tells me that the company I was getting a VP position for, their stock dropped a lot the next the day previously. And he warned me not to go into that company. I said, Dad, I've, I've packed the house. I've taken the job. I'm going. And I'll figure it out, and it'll be whatever it'll be. Uh, over the, the year and a half that I worked there, there was a lot of changes and challenges that I was able to navigate. And eventually, the next job I had was down in Florida, which is where I still live. I wouldn't have changed that for the world because it brought me a level of 
confidence and competency that I can handle basically anything. And as a young woman in my 30s getting into the six figures, I just kept growing and enhancing my goals and wanting to expand and taking the next job and the next job. And if things didn't work out, I took the next job and I kept advancing and growing because that was the urging of my soul was to advance and grow. And I really wanted it to happen in the same companies, but it didn't. Once I got promoted and elevated in the same company and that company, I was there for five years. All the while looking for a boss or a company that was going to say, great job, we're elevating you. It happened once in a 30 plus year career. I kept having the same boss over and over again. Taking me for granted, just go do the work and not getting the appreciation, the slap on the back, the recognition, etc. And in all of the personal growth that I've had over my entire life, I'll tell you a few things that went on there. I was the one not appreciating myself. I was the one working from a place of deficit and not enoughness. That's who I was being for myself. I was my own bad boss. I was my own repeating boss pattern. That was me. That was my thought feeling energy aimed back at me. You know, it's really convenient to look at the outside world and blame the outside world. But that was me doing that. I wasn't enough. I was coming from deficit. I was coming from not appreciating. I was coming from not working hard enough. I was coming from it'll never happen. That's what I was telling myself. Oh, lo and behold, I see it in the outside world. Shocker. That's the way the universe works. You should post on top of everything you look at every day, every single minute of your life until you totally get this. Your world equals your thought feeling patterns. Boom. You could flip it around. Your thought feeling patterns equal your world. If you get that right, then you know that the only thing to be done in the world is to change your thought feeling patterns. But you know, human beings are tricky. It's the last thing we want to look at. It's the last thing we want to think of. It takes chaos, calamity, disaster, death, cancer, divorce, job loss for us to even get started at that. What the heck? It's how we're built. We're such adaptive creatures that we normalize pain, agony, stress. We normalize negative self-talk. We hang out with friends who have the same negative self-talk and we think that this is the way it is to live life. Yeah, you know, it's why it's called work. You're not supposed to be happy. So if you hang out with those type of people, they're normalizing your negative experience. So of course you don't think you can fix it. 
because everyone's telling you it's you being done wrong to. Fix it. Fix it for you. Fix it because your soul wants it. Fix it because your soul wants to grow. Fix it because you can. Please be faster than I was with it. Please listen to what I'm saying to you. Please understand that your life and your soul and your journey is up to you. There is not a boss who's going to fix it. There's not a spouse, a partner, a husband, a friend who's going to fix it. It's not happening. Your repeating boss pattern is your problem to fix. If you don't like the way you're being treated, if you don't like the way your boss is to you, you have to change. You change inside, and sometimes you're going to have to change outside. And if you don't know what that looks like, I'm here to help. I know exactly what it looks like. I know exactly how to help. But you've got to take responsibility and commit that your life is worth more, that your life is worth feeling better about, that your soul deserves to feel awesome and empowered and not to struggle in a period and a pattern of powerlessness and despair and fear and unworthiness and insecurity. There is no human being who deserves to stay there. Not one of the 7 billion people and so many are suffering right now. And listen, it may be difficult to change on the inside. This may be a hard thing to do, and it can be. It's so much harder to stay in a negative situation. It is so much harder for that lovely woman I spoke to earlier this, this week to stay in a job making 40000 less, feeling completely disempowered, disrespected, taken advantage of, it's so much harder for her to stay there and do that than it is for her to take on an expert to guide her and help her be all that she is and get her back into that 90-plus earning level. It's so much easier to do that, but we normalize it. We have fear. We don't trust people. Oh, you're going to charge me to help me? Oh, that's... I. Yeah, just like you're going to charge your employer to work there. You ever think that's what you're doing? They're not paying you out of the magnificence of their heart. You're literally charging them. Uh, you know what? If I'm going to have this vice president job uh, running this department, I'm going to charge you $200,000 a year for that. Plus, I'm going to charge you uh, benefits, and I want four weeks vacation. You're charging your employer. You think you're worth that? Great. All in. If you're worth that, you're worth fixing your problems. If you're worth 60,000 or 80,000 or 100,000 or 120 or 150 or 180 or 200 or 250 or 300 or 350, 400, 500, 600, 700, whatever you're worth in the world for what you know how to do and how you can lead and grow and implement and influence and impact, don't you think you're worth fixing your problems?
so that your soul can feel free at the same time? Because it's not fun struggling and filling an inner void of not enoughness. But so many beautiful human beings do just that. And it's not pretty. And often it ends in a personal catastrophe. Job loss, cancer, car accidents. I've seen it all. I've experienced much of it myself. The repeating boss problem is your problem. And your boss may have some things to fix too, but it's your problem to fix in your life. And if you'd like some help with that, we'd be happy to help you. You can book your free career clarity call at mofall.com slash give me clarity, and we will. We will give you clarity. It may not feel great. We try to be easy. We try to be open-hearted. We love on you on those clarity calls. But listen, your life may have some problems, and you are worthy of fixing it. Your boss may have some problems, but you cannot fix your boss's problems. You can only fix yours. I want you to bring your soul to work, and I want you to bring your soul strongly and powerfully to every part of your life because that's what you deserve in life. Let's fix and bring up your soul. This is Coach Mo Fall. We'll see you next week here on Unity Radio. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.